Hello, good evening, and welcome to the last movie outpost, uh, the Sunday roast live stream. The outpost frequencies. I've forgotten completely what the name is of this thing. <laughs> we keep changing it. Um, you keep changing it. I was never consulted. It, well, that's what happens when you skip the board meetings. Yeah, <laughs> the board meetings that we had shit. that we didn't that, that we didn't tell you about. Um, <laughs> Hello, Yoda. How are you today? Better. Uh, yesterday was kind of a... <laughs> it's like, oh, no. It won't come back up. The site won't come back up. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's start off with our first topic, then, of technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> which I, I, I put in there just to cover the elephant in the room. Um, yes, what happened yesterday? Well, what happened was... You left is what happened. I you left. went out for the yes. night. <laughs> the, I, the IT gods uh, saw my transgression and smited me. <laughs> so. Yes, we, we were down for just a little while, uh, unfortunately, but we are all back up and running now. Yeah, so I don't want to get too into the technical weeds here, but basically a SQL database has a transaction log that is constantly there. The transaction log database got corrupted. Delete the transaction log, start up the SQL database server, all was good. So I did, once I figured it out, what, you know, got to the logs and figured it out, it only took me maybe about a half hour or less to fix it. And now that I know what to look for, it'll take even less time. But when you're out at your stepson's gradu college graduation, <laughs> And you just get pings on your phone going, Yoda, website's not working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes, we apologize for the technical difficulties we've been having on the website. Like I say, it won't happen again because we'll make sure Yoda never leaves the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say it won't happen again, but I guarantee it will happen again because this is just our little server out there in the wilderness, and we just do the best we can with what we got. So, And, and to, we won't feed the hamster that runs the wheel to run it. So, you know, <laughs> that's because we're not getting enough people liking and subscribing and giving us super chats. Yeah, we, <laughs> just tell everybody and your friends and their friends and their grandma that the site is out there. Let's crank up the the views and let's get some. Uh, we we can, are very you know. grandma friendly. Uh, just to get that out there. Uh, so it's just myself and Yoda at the moment. Uh, Matt might be joining us later, but it is a bank holiday weekend. The king has just been coronated, and I'd say a good two thirds of the country are drunk, including Matt. So um, and the king, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he may not join us. And Sean is. Um, I think actually we should tell people where Sean has been. Uh, he has been on an anger management course. It's actually the second one that he's been on because the first one he beat up one of the teachers. Um, but no, Sean will be back with us soon. But like I say, he is uh, just MIA it's, at the moment. He's quite sick of all the Star Wars talk and the superhero talk. And guess what we're going to be talking about today? <laughs> well, Guardians oh, of the Galaxy's out. So we're, we're like whores. So all we're going to do is just talk about stuff that's going to get us the algorithm sorted. That's correct. And good Absolutely morning to correct. you, Selek. Nice to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Okie doke. So, uh, after our technical difficulties, I've got a few things set up. Have you been through the list? 
I, I know. I just got on. I was running a little late, so let me look at the let me look at what you got here. But yeah, uh, well, but basically, first of all, look, I've got to talk about this because Chicken Run Two. Now, Chicken Run is one of those films that's very close to my heart, um, purely because it's done by Artman Animation, uh, which is literally based up the road from me, no more than uh, an hour's car drive. But the first one was a great movie, uh, a complete spoof of The Great Escape, and and really really did very well. Um, the second one is coming out. Are, are you interested, or is not your cup of tea? Or well, I noticed they didn't get Mel Gibson on there, so I guess we're not going to see Rocky screaming about Jews. So <laughs> I'm disappointed about that. You just um, took the edge off, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, everybody's there except for the top. T- I, I guess the the main the the main antagonist the i forget her name mm. the chicken that really wanted to get out more than anybody her uh, voice is being changed out some some other actress played her too if i remember right um, yeah i'm just looking through it and yeah it is weird because again i thought that i thought to myself it's a strange because it was originally by a girl called julia swala uh, um who i grew up with a major crush on and she did a really good job but yeah they have swapped her out um yeah. so to Fanny newton which is a good choice because she's very good. But it's just, again, it's just kind of, if that was the case, I wonder how much of the story they had, maybe they could have just swapped the main characters out. Like, so um, what was her, her main character was called? Uh, Ginger, I want to say. No, it wasn't Ginger. Yeah, it was Ginger. No. But yeah, Ginger maybe. and Rocky could have left. They could have left and had just a new main protagonist come in. Yeah, I mean, Ardman always makes kind of fun stuff. I, I, I nobody seems to like it, but I really liked uh, Flushed Away. I, I don't know why people don't seem to enjoy that movie, but I thought it was good fun. I, I mean, not yeah. one of their best, but I thought it perfectly, it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. It had some pretty funny moments in there. The, you know, the singing slugs and the I like I like all the frogs. As they say, uh, you know, let's. Let's show them our best move, and all the frogs go, We surrender. So, you know, it had it had its moments, and, and you know, Wallace and Gromit, of course. Uh, come on, Gromit. Well, we need some Wallace, cheese. Wallace and, Gr- Wallace and Gromit over here is an institution. It's kind of yeah. one of those things. They do like a new one for Christmas, and it's part of the tr- Christmas tradition to sit down and watch a Wallace and Gromit film. And they are always – it's the little humor that's in there. My favorite, favorite line is in Wallace and uh, Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Uh, and there's a, an actor over here called Peter Kay who I know Eggie doesn't like but I, I think he's brilliant but he plays a policeman and uh, with all these vegetables going missing this uh, policeman goes this is a case of arson and so he goes arson eh? and he goes yeah somebody's been arson around <laughs> and like I say you get this this little sort of humour in there which is just extremely funny uh, I do yeah I, I mean if there's one thing I like about the Ardman it's like it's not childish it's not dumb yeah. But it's not um, directly. Crass. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's never. There's it's it's little... always. It, there's. It's sweet. It's nice. Yes. but it's yeah. not stupid or childish. It's just the. You know, they could all be rated G, and that doesn't mean adults couldn't enjoy them because they're mm. they're good humor and they're nice, and it, it doesn't always have to be. You know, sw- swearing potty mouths like myself. 
<laughs> but also, I mean, they just are well-told stories and, and great little characters that you can get yeah. fully invested in. Uh, they're great. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to... Yeah, they're popular about, here, too. They had Wallace and Gromit TV show, I think, back in the 90s or something, like a Saturday morning type thing. I, I I know there was one that was that ran for a while here in the States. Mm. It, it, they, the Ardman stuff got popular here, too. So, I mean, it's not just, just you guys. Oh, fair enough. Uh, just, just to say, sorry about that, um, Setlick. Uh, just to read that, unfortunately, his son passed away. Uh, but obviously, that's a good reason not to be here. But like I say, just obviously, sorry to hear that. Um, oh man, that's awful. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, not good. Yeah, everybody, let's uh, let's give warm thoughts to Setlick because I'm not sure what else. <laughs> I'm unfortunately, when there's not much else you can do, there's something I can say that would be not sound trite and. No, it is just uh, one of those just, things that time time heals. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a completely different situation, but I know I lost my dad a, an awfully long time ago, uh, and it, it just it gets better with time. Um, the pain is still there, but it gets better with time. Yeah, I guess, yeah, with my dad, just... Yeah, it's funny, I even forget the bad stuff. You just remember the good stuff. Yeah. But, um, yes, Chicken Run 2, I'm quite happy about, I'm quite pleased about, and I am... Um, Although Ardman has had a minor slip, which we will come on to later, uh, again, like I say, anything that Ardman does, I'm I'm quite happy to sit down and give it a good go. I, I so, agree. So, this one we are going to disagree on just a little bit, <laughs> because now I liked Tron Legacy. I'm actually going to so say erring on the course, uh, the side of loved. John Legacy. I think it's a solid movie. It's a well-done story. The soundtrack, the special effects. I mean, okay, the main guy, Garrod Headland, I think he's called, was a bit of a charismatic vacuum. But mm. I still really, really rate the movie, and I really like it. But you're not so keen, were you? Well, it's been a while since I saw it, but I remember when I saw it just being... Like, I know everybody loves the Daft Punk score correct that's awesome it's a great score i would listen to it i was pumped to see this and when i actually saw the movie i was just like this is just i, I mean like okay the, the arcade it just felt like everything just was set up weird like if, if the guy is you know releasing OS on the internet for free by base jumping. I'm like, that doesn't really work. <laughs> That's, you can't, you can, re you can leak it on the internet. People leak windows all over the internet. That doesn't mean that it's free. And it doesn't mean that there isn't shit in there to make it tough to, to just, you know, put if you want to put pirated copies of Windows, that's fine. But then there's all the patches and updates and everything that comes with it. There's the license, the activation. There's there's ways to you know protect your property. So I mean, he's like, well, he released it on the internet, and and the guy is like, well, I guess that's it. We're screwed. I was like, that's not how that works. And it just kept having those kinds of moments, and it or just plot weirdness. Did it look great? Yeah, it looked great. Did the, did the music and the ambiance look great? Yeah. And I'm again, this is where I feel slightly hypocritical because I absolutely adore the original Tron. And the original Tron has just as much bullshit in it as as, yeah. as Legacy did. But for whatever, maybe because I, you know, that it's got to be nostalgia. It's got to be just it pure is, nostalgia. I'm forgiving of the original though. Tron. 
it is weird though the way you say that because I can't remember what I was watching, but I was watching something the other day that I hadn't seen for a long time, and I was being less forgiving. Whether it's because I'm now a movie critique, or but just because I examine movies a lot more than what I used to as a kid, you know that mm. we have become harsher with our reviews of them and so like i say with tron legacy i was quite open-minded towards it and like i said i've seen it a few times and i still quite happily rate it and so i'm willing to forgive the suspension of disbelief whereas in other films even if they are sci-fi or fantasy whatever you kind of go no that didn't happen none of that happened you know (laughs) yeah you know i think it's funny it's it's like there is a I've heard people say there's recency bias, like because you just saw it, it's fresh in your mind, and you kind of, you know, are happy about it. But I think there's also with these sequels that come so much later, or even even if it's a a sequel that's not that much longer, but they change enough stuff that you have kind of the inverse of that, where you tend to like if if it doesn't feel like the thing, then you don't Mm. you don't like it as much. And I don't know. I mean, as as slick. And as good as Tron looked, it didn't look like Tron to me. And I understand why. They made it in 1982. There was things they couldn't do in 82 that they probably would have if they had made it in 2010 or even, you know, 2005 or something. So yeah. I'm, but there's, I, I I feel like I have kind of the inverse of that. It's like, well, that's not my Tron. It's not my dad. It's, a, you know, these are the kids' Tron. The kids need to get off my lawn, Tron. That's what they got to do. <laughs> and, uh, I, I so I don't know if there's a little part of that, but I and and I'd have to rewatch it again because it's been twelve years now, thirteen years now. But um, I just remember just there was just so many things that I was just like, what are they talking about? Like they brought her into the real world. I like what? That's a thing yeah. you can do now. It is one like you say. There are moments in there where it's where they've simply answered the question with somehow. You know, that it's just how did that happen? Yeah. Somehow, you know, and all. But overall, like I say, to, of weirdly bringing her into the real world was kind of like the biggest problem I WTF? had with it. WTF? Yeah. But yeah, you know, the rest of it, I was quite happy and of willing of suspension of disbelief just to sort of believe in the rest of it and everything else. And like I say, I, I, I still like it. It does look like, just to mention, it is just a rumor at the moment, but Killian Murphy, who plays Dillinger's son, in the original in, in oh, sorry Dillinger from the original movie his son is working for the same corporation and, yeah. um, and it looks like Killian Murphy will be back as Dillinger's son as the main protagonist the main or antagonist I should say um, which again it's weird because he's only in the Tron legacy for literally five minutes he's not even credited well. His his character should have been named Sequel Bait. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's what his that's what he was, and that was clear. That's what he was, and that that kind yeah. of you know, I. I but then was, they kind of. Was, I'm, I'm assuming filming schedules got in the way, and he just obviously couldn't couldn't complete the rest of the movie, rest of the movie. So they had to just sort of you know do a. Uh, hang on a minute. We Killian Murphy's working. Is there anybody else we could get as the main antagonist? We could double up on Jeff Bridges. Oh, yeah, good idea. <laughs> we don't have to pay him twice then. <laughs> no. And we ended up getting only 1.5 Jeff Bridges because that technology back then was not working. <laughs> it was. There were places where it was good, but there were places where it didn't work at all. No. Um, right. I, you know, that, that's like, that's one of those things that doesn't bother me. I know people were really kind of like, oh, it looks so bad. I'm like going, yeah, it looks bad. It was 2010. They had just really were getting into this de-aging deepfake technology. 
yeah, yeah cut, cut him a break. I, I, that that's the was the least of the problems of the movie for me. Um, I, I think what I I think what I didn't like about the movie is that it got so weirdly metaphysical. What they what they call these programs? The girl, she was like a, I, I, like an ER. I don't know. ISOs, ISOs. I think it was a, ISOs, yeah. which is to me that's like oh, it's a, it's an image of a CD file. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like that. That's but that it didn't mean that it was some. Are you bullshit. saying? Are you saying I could download? Um, what's her, uh, grief? What's her name? Olivia Wilde, like in the size of an ISO file. Apparently, Ooh. only six hundred seventy <laughs> megabytes. Just um, yeah. <laughs> I put I'll that on right a thumb drive. <laughs> um, but that's just it. I mean, it was like they 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 threw in language like that that didn't mean. Like I, I feel like somebody out there says ISO. That's a thing that computer people use, and then they came up <laughs> yeah. with an acronym on it that didn't mean anything. ISO is International Standards Organization. Actually, I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's really dumb. It could be. I yeah. wonder if there was a specific thing in Tron Legacy that was she was supposed to be. I have no idea. I, I don't know, but they got into some weird metaphysical stuff, and I just was liking. I like the original that kind of was like trying to trying to attempt to take things in the primitive, rudimentary way we had computers back then, and say, okay, it's it's uh, you know these are programs, and they have users, right? And they have to yeah. get to the I/O port so they can communicate with the users. Well. <laughs> Oh, that was technically correct, you know? I mean, it wasn't... They weren't that far off a lot of this kind of stuff. And um, and it was much simpler time back then. But then when they, they tried to... You know, just It felt like they just took computer terms that they've heard and made them something <laughs> yeah. for some mystical quest that they went on or something. I was like, oh, no, this isn't... What are you doing here? I don't you get expected, it. You expected one of the main characters to be called Mouse and Keyboard. Mm. <laughs> that would have made more sense, actually. But, mm. uh, you know, uh, I mean, they did have a, a thing called Cursor, if I remember right, or Bit. Oh, yeah, that's that right, was bit. bit. That's right, yeah. It was Bit. It was yes it and was, no, wasn't it? No, yeah, it was yes, no. no. Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Binary, yeah. you're a bit. Yeah. Cursor yeah. was uh, Cursor was Auto Man. That's a deep cut. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. No, I remember Auto Man. <laughs> I, I, on the one hand, I I would quite happily give Tron a go, depending on who they get to direct and so forth. However, now that Daft Punk is broken up, they, I mean, they they're going to have to fill some shoes somehow. And you know, because I mean, a, a good chunk of what I love about Tron Legacy is that music because it's just it's fantastic and so i don't know like i say i'm i'm kind of looking forward to it depending on what they do with the story i remain I have optimistic get, have to get danny elfman <laughs> <laughs> oh no now we're gonna have to finish this thing with danny elfman <laughs> go, 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 get on the there you the light cycles i hear is dude that dude that dude that dude that the hell <laughs> on to cliffhanger it's kind of one of those underrated Stallone movies that people, you've either seen it or you haven't. I think probably most people have. When this news came up, I watched Cliffhanger again. I was supposed to do a review and I've, I've completely forgot, so I will get around to that. It's one of those films that's a classic 80s movie. None of it makes any sense. There's plot holes the size of Stallone's biceps in it. But 
it's it's a solid piece of entertainment. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing from beginning to end. A reboot is going to be starring Stallone, so it's going to be a soft reboot. Is it needed? No, well, I, no, it's never needed. But, um, <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of people forget that after uh, Die Hard came out, right? Then it was just Die Hard movie after Die Hard movie, right? Yeah. You, you know, Die Hard 2 was Die Hard at an airport. And Speed was Die Hard in a bus. It was also yeah. Die Hard in an elevator and Die Hard on a subway. <laughs> and there was Under Siege, which was Die Hard on a battleship. And then there was this, which was Die Hard on a mountain. And, you know, it's it was just one of many... Uh, various diehard clones that came out, and yeah, some of them were were halfway decent. Um, uh, I will say it's it's directed by a guy called Ruddy Harland, who is one of those people that's very much a um, what's the word blockbuster sort of summer blockbuster guy. That he makes <laughs> until a Cutthroat film. Island came out, and that was the end of him. <laughs> no, what I mean is, is though, is that he makes those kind of like big budget action movies that you know the story is kind of cobbled together, but you know they're entertainment. Like Steve Summers, um, who does like Van Helsing and stuff like that. They're he generally... did Die Hard too. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, he, he makes these kind of films. With it, one thing that really did impress me was. Obviously, this was much long, way before the days of CGI. A lot of the action actually looked like Stallone climbing up a cliff, it and the way it was, was. photographed, I, it, I was I was very impressed in looking at it and thinking, "Goodness me, how how did they do that? Because that really looks that really looks real." Um, and so that was very impressive. And I did think on a reboot, it's going to be a shame because it's all going to just be CG and it's not going to feel like anybody's ever in danger. Because um, if they fall, they're just going to be falling onto a green mat, you know. Whereas in this film, it, a couple of times I thought, if Stallone did actually lose his footing, he might actually die, <laughs> you know. Uh, sorry, we lost Stallone on that one. Yeah, lost his footing. <laughs> Bring in his replacement. Um, so it, again, it's kind of one of those films. Just to, just to get that in there, that set like he's just saying, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It's the Christmas, oh, that's Christmas right. movie of all time. Christmas Vacation was Die Hard in the Suburbs. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, doing, a, doing a, a reboot of a film that just doesn't need it. Uh, again, it's kind of one of those things where uh, obviously some executive somewhere is like, if you don't have a movie for me in the morning, you're fired. Okay, sir, gone home, gone through his DVD collection and sort of Oh, nobody's done cliffhanger for a while. I've got one, sir. You know, and that's kind of it. Is is did is it is Stallone going to be in it? Is it a reboot or is it a belated sequel or no? Uh, well, apparently he is back playing the main character who was called Gabe. He was called Gabe. Apparently he is back as Gabe. So whether he's handing the baton to somebody else or whatever it might be, so he's. I don't think it's a. A reboot. I think in the technical term now is a soft reboot, like they did with Scream, because with Scream they kind of passed it on from Sydney now to this new whoever character it is. So yeah, it's a it's a soft reboot. <laughs> it's probably just him, just big long beard. He's still looking for the effing money up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you see that was one of the things that made me laugh. Isn't it? Is in the film itself, there's obviously three cases full of money, and they, they, these bad guys look at John Lithgow plays a great bad guy in it. But there, there, there are, there's twice where Stallone literally sort of goes, oh, there it is. 
<laughs> finds his finds his money. You, know? you, you are thinking seriously. How, how did he find that? You know, and he just when seems he... to like find it before the bad guys who have got an electronic tracker as well. By the way, you yeah, know? it was. It's right like, over there. there. What do you need me for? You got a fucking helicopter? Just go. <laughs> the other thing that annoyed me, and I've got to say this, was there's a scene in it where there's a, a rope bridge between two gullies and they all get across but then John Lithgow sets a bomb on one of the other ends and um, Stallone and As you forget do. Her name, walked across it triggered the bomb ran back and got it now I distinctly remember Stallone tying a rope to himself running and jumping to the other side of the cliff right because it was utterly ludicrous and I was watching the film and it got to the end and I thought he didn't do that jump What's wrong with that? And I looked it up, and it's in the trailer, but not in the film. Oh, really? One of those? Really annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was sort of thinking, he hasn't done that jump thing yet. Where's that then? <laughs> like I say, um, on the trailer on the IMDb, it shows him doing it, and it's like, yeah, that's a bit naughty, because that didn't take place then. <laughs> Don't... Uh... Don't watch the Rogue One trailer, though. You're going to be really disappointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> half, oh, yeah. half of that trailer went in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. So, moving on to... Now, I must admit, I've kind of been keeping up with this, but I, at the same time, not fully. But there's a writer's strike going on. The main problem that writers have... <laughs> I've got to try and say this with a straight face... <laughs> is they are worried about the whole chat GPI, GTP thing, whatever it is, of uh, artificial intelligence writing stories. Now, what I have read about this is somebody made a comment on Twitter and they said that chat GTP can only regurgitate old ideas and present them as their own. And I thought, so the Disney writers aren't on strike then. Mm. <laughs> because... <sighs> Obviously, on the one hand, I appreciate the, the creativity that goes into writing and, and computer intelligence at the moment can't come up with new ideas. It does sort of, you know, scan from old ideas. So I see where the writers are angry, but I don't know whether the companies are trying to screw the writers out of money if a lot of the work is done by the chat GTB. Have you, have you kept up with this at all? Well, I guess I'm... I, I thought that they were going on strike because of streaming revenue and, you know... Okay. It might I be thought that was that. a big part of it. Um, the, well, I guess I should have researched. Uh, <laughs> but uh, why are the writers on strike? Thank God there's this... If you uh, keep talking and stop drawing attention to it, I can read it and give the information. Uh, um, I'll get it from scanning. The I mean, you know, besides me. being a bunch of uns insufferable, complaining, whining, crybabies. I mean, besides that, um, budgets have increased, series have increased, and the writer's share of the money has consistently shrunk. You know, I gotta say, they probably got a point because all the stories suck. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at you, Star Trek, everything. Yeah, again, this is what gets me. It's kind of how the Disney have just fired 7,000 people because they've been hemorrhaging money so badly. Because they have been churning out utter garbage, they've been losing money. And so they're now blaming the writers. And it is kind of, right, 
that I agree with because it is the writer's fault. But who hired them all in the first place? You know, it's the well, same the, as the whole Kath- Kathleen Kennedy thing. Ultimately, if you fired her, you know, you would be getting rid of a huge problem right away. Well, this is why I don't like unions. You know, just uh, just pay me, and we'll negotiate me right for whatever yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, but like they make these contracts. Where, whenever they make them, I think the last writer's strike was back in 2008. So, yeah. and then before that, I, I don't know, it's a long time ago. But even the one in 2008 probably just restructured some of the contract from the earlier one. And so, okay, that's great when everybody's doing a seasonal calendar and you have shows starting in September and ending in May, and then there's a very specific way that things come out on home hmm. video. 2008, there was no such thing as a streaming service. No. Now, everybody watches anything whenever the hell they want. And when they release shows, well, I guess we'll release Picard in February and it'll get done in March or April. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the calendar? And then everybody watches it afterwards as much as they want or they binge it. So what's you look at this this uh, contract, it doesn't you know follow any of that or it doesn't have any of that. Now... Uh, you know, you take on top of that that the the Disney, all the studios are putting all their money into technical stuff, CG and all that. Not doing a great yeah. job of it in some cases, yeah. but the the See, point is extreme for that. Sorry, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that you know they're they have devalued scripting and story, and it's really a shame. And I I want to kind of dovetail into this. I've been rewatching Star Trek Voyager, which I am finding is not nearly as bottom tier as I thought it was. It it has some bad episodes in it. But for the most part, the story structure, the characterizations, the the pacing, everything is done really well. Even on the crap episodes, at least I'm following it and I have some some sort of investment sometimes. And um you know, I, I I feel like there's a there's a good structure and all the basics are there so that you're you are at least invested in the story. And one of the guys that seemed to write on this show a number of episodes and many of them are very very good is uh, Brian Fuller. Now I bring him up because when Eggy and I had one of our original. Why is Star Trek so bad? We know it's <laughs> bad, but why? That's the title. I went through and I looked at all these writers that are working on the new stuff. Brian Fuller is one of them. Uh, and I made a mention. I, said, I, I was looking to see if he was woke and that kind of stuff. I didn't go in depth enough on what he had done before. I said he worked on a little Star Trek before. I didn't realize how much Voyager he actually did. The man knows how to write. Mm. So what changed? Why, why is Discovery such shit now when he's writing on that as well? Now, I know he's not working in a vacuum, but my point is he's, he must have enough seniority and enough pull, given his lengthy resume, to make better TV than this. And so is it because of this cult woke nonsense? Is it because they're not paying these guys what they're worth anymore and they're not they're, and they're putting them on such crap schedules that they can't get this stuff worth the quality is is it a combination of all these things i i mean it's 
you know, I, I just started pulling apart the, the strings and, unc- yeah. uh, you know, unpacking some of this as I started looking into it. And I'm like, oh, well, why, why is this, these writers that have worked for so long making such garbage now? Hmm. It is, it is interesting. So, so like he's just said there, fire all the white writers and pay based on success. The woke failures will naturally get a lower play scale. And unions, again, I, unions work against merit pay. They are they are specifically designed to destroy the idea of merit pay. It's such a shame, though, because ultimately, like I say, if you make a hit film, yeah, like, for example, it's just a sort of stupid example, but I mean, with Star Wars, Lucas said, I'll take 1% of the gross. Because of that, he is now a billionaire. Okay, if Star Wars had failed, he'd have made nothing. And that kind of, for me, that kind of works. You know, if you, and, if you make something... And he that's says, just, and I'll keep all the merchandising rights, which is really what made him a billionaire, but go ahead. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean, though, is is it's still a case of, that you know, the whole thing was a success. And so because of that, he made money off it. And so when shows are terrible and badly written and don't get viewing figures, they should ultimately... That's not the problem with the CG guys. It's not the problem with the actors. Anything else. It's down to the writers. And so they should say, right, that show was actually a failure, so we're, we're only going to pay you X amount because we didn't make any money on it. But that's one of those things that just, you know, obviously is not going to happen. Yeah, and I mean... <sighs> You know, you, you you could write forever, and just when are you going to actually get somebody to take a chance on your work to make a show? And then once you get into a, a writer's room, that your stuff won't be you know torn apart and bastardized by various other writers, the director, the producers, the suits, everything else. I mean, there's probably one horror story after another. I've, I've seen it where a guy writes a script and by the time it gets through the machine the movie that comes out it's like well I think <laughs> yeah. the character's name is the same or it <laughs> yeah, sounds right. the same they even spelled it differently you know I mean it's like it's that bad but uh, then conversely my argument with that the, the corporations have got such a hold over what gets made that independent cinema I'm, I'm going to say companies like say A24 who are you know becoming a major player now but A24 are an independent company that don't they take a chance on people you know that that Marcel we show with shoes on that was okay a very popular you know it's a viral video that and everything else and so they made it and and I know they're doing another one called the the yellow room I think it is uh, of a guy who's just made some stuff at home um which has been really popular on YouTube, but they're taking a chance on him. But when it comes to places like Disney, they just, they won't do that. They will just stick with their own little bubble and try and create their own thing. Yeah. I, I missed it. There's no, there's nobody making, taking chances on movies that people, general audiences will, will respond to. Yeah. And I don't mean like a 24, I love that. But the closest they've made that really get people responding to it was probably everything everywhere all at once. Everything else they make is so up its own ass. I mean, they make shit like no, them. Not not it, all, not everything. I will grant you some of it, but not everything. Because, I mean, again, some of their everything. movies, not, some of their but, movies have just been fantastic. I, I'm going to say that a, most of them have been fantastic. Even though, you know, the Hereditary and some of these others, they're... they're they strike a chord. There's a lot of good stuff in them, but they're not exactly, you know, fun for the whole family either. Mm. And they used to take chances on things like that that ended up becoming hugely popular with everybody. Mm. A Back to the Future was a huge freaking chance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
It really was. It that was. Yeah, it, it could have gone either way. I mean, if if you didn't know anything about it, somebody says, "Yeah, we're going to make a funny time machine movie." Uh, Get on where a guy skateboard, uses goes a car, time, kisses his yeah, mom. Yeah, he uses, kisses his mom. How do you mind? Hey. Hangs out with this old creepy guy all the time, this teenage boy. It's really. <laughs> what are you? How do you? Is it going? No, it worked perfectly. It was. It was one. You know, one of those, as we say, perfect movies, and we don't see them taking a chance on things like that anymore. They're either doing stale, old, predictable. We've seen it a thousand times before to try and just get butts in the seat and just just lather it with a lot of CGI so that people will stay starry-eyed. Oh, it's pretty, or, isn't it? Look, it's very pretty. Look, yeah. look at that. Ooh, like, so. Or they make stuff like Men or Midsummer or you know, really weird stuff that just... 85% of the public are just not going to even give it a shot. It's not, they're not going to really relate to it. And even movie snobs like you and me, so, I mean, I, I know I call the normie the group, but I do watch a lot of this stuff, and even I go, <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't want to watch something and just, just come out of it just wanting to kill myself. Jeez. <laughs> I, I find it quite entertaining. I know you do, and I worry about you. Um, I mean, with it, like I say, it's the writer's strike, I do understand why they've gone on strike, and I do understand that it's always with any kind of these strikes. We've had um, the National Health striking over here. What gets me is, is it's always the kind of, how can I put this nicely, the, the sort of lowest waged person that's that's striking. You never get a CEO striking. Well, the work conditions are terrible, and I'm only getting paid sixty thousand, you know, pound a year. How, how am I supposed to survive on that? It's always those poor, you know, the, the poor people at the bottom, and I mean that in the, in, with the greatest respect. But it's never the higher ups who go on strike. <laughs> well, I mean, you want to take a guy who makes the weirdest shit ever? It's David Finchner, Finchner, right? Um, just, just makes like a racer head and things like that. Just weird, weird stuff. David Lynch. Chick- David Fincher, Lynch. yeah. Fincher? I was thinking, David Fincher, what, what a Fight Club and S and Seven S. Oh seven. no, no, I'm, I'm mixing them up. David right. Lynch, David, David Lynch. Lynch, David Lynch. It's very early. I haven't had my coffee. Um, but anyway, somebody challenged him to say, "Why don't you make something that isn't, you know, some weird creature baby?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. And so he made uh, a Disney movie called The Straight Story. It's rated G. Oh yeah, yeah. I know it. Yeah, have, you know it. Oh, yeah, guy gets yeah, on yeah. a lawn lawnmower and goes to see his brother. <laughs> he travels yeah. like two hundred miles on a lawnmower. To on see a little, his brother. yeah, a little road That's lawnmower. That's the story. It's yeah. great. It's not dumb. It's not childish. It's G-rated, yes, but it's it's absolutely great. And it, and a lot of people I think would relate to it because it's a very just a very good small nice story. Yeah. It's not cheap. It's not manipulative. It's just really really good. Yeah. I don't see the studios that, like at A24, trying those kinds of things. They want to be edgy. They want to be weird. They want to, you know, they want to shock people sometimes, I think, that these independent filmmakers, they always got to do something to make it as shocking or as weird or as twisted or something that's just, to me, at this point, has gotten boring. I mean, I find more shocking in the 70 exploitation cinema or some of the horrible stuff that they did in that time than anything they do now. It's like, okay, okay you're being weird, being edgy. I get it. I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, just looking, I'm just trying to look through 
<laughs> A24 stuff now because I'm sure <sighs> I've got to find an example now. I mean, with it actually <laughs> looking through all this stuff, I am looking at it and going, yeah, it's not a normie film. Yeah, it's not a normie no. film. I mean, the whale, no. the whale, for example, you know, the whale is not a normie film. It's, it's, it's not a normie film. Like you say, you, you kind I of don't want to discourage them from it. making these films. These are good films. The whale was a good film. These are all good films. They're Almost all of them are good films. I'm just saying it's okay to make something that everybody likes too <laughs> you know yeah. you don't have to be it, 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 i mean the whale is a good film but it's also not exactly a, a crowd pleaser right i mean it's it's depressing as hell it does you know it, I, I'm, I'm really I'm, re I'm still looking through the thing and i'm trying and i've been scrolling scrolling and scrolling and thinking nope 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 yeah nope <laughs> so no you may you may have a, a quite a valid that's why that I loved one. everything everywhere all at once so much because as weird as it was it was not it was a very optimistic film yeah and I just think that Oscars and Hollywood and they, they're so up their own butts that the only thing they think is good is if it's nihilistic or depressing or just just you know awful hereditary I mean yes it was a great film but Jesus, girl gets one. her head cut off. I mean, golly. I found one. Back in 2017, they made The Disaster Artist, which was the making of Room, uh, The Room. By, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was name? pretty good. Yeah, you know, so, but that was 2017, and they had to scroll through quite a lot of films, <laughs> quite a lot of films to get there. Everything yeah. else that's coming up is kind of, yeah, it doesn't count. That doesn't count. It may, yeah, that maybe A twenty four is the wrong vehicle, but it would be nice to see some independent film company that could do something that was. I mean, we were in the most nihilistic times ever in the seventy. Yeah. Uh, it was bad, and then what? What comes out? You get the back to back of Jaws and then Star Wars, which were both rousing adventure films in their own right and still very very good. And then that followed yeah. up with what I would call the Spielberg era. And I'm not saying everything has to be like that either. I don't, I just, right now, I just feel like everything's either depressing or corporate swell. Let's move on from the miserable, boring writers screaming for money. Who cares about them? Easy. Oh, right. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons came out on streaming. It's been actually a pretty good week for movies, annoyingly. I hate the kind of way that I wait ages to find something and then like several movies all come out at the same time. I watched Dungeons and Dragons and I quite enjoyed it. Now I know from the trailer you said that you weren't quite looking forward to it. Have you seen it yet? No, I'm I'm planning to see it today actually. I couldn't get to it uh, before today. I wanted to, but I, I won't um, deal with I won't deal with too much with spoilers, but it's at its core, it's not Lord of the Rings and it's not uh, Game of Thrones, where it's sort of set in this real world and everything about this world is real. It is just a modern movie take on Dungeons and Dragons where everybody's having a bit of fun, is the way I can put it. And it, it hits some of the humour quite well. Uh, there are certain places where I was, I did proper laugh at it because it was, it was just so well done. And if you go into it with that mindset that this isn't like a, a serious take on a serious movie, this is a tongue-in-cheek summer blockbuster. You can have fun with it. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. Mostly because you and and some others, I think Drinker, they've they've all said this is yeah. way better than we thought. The trailer made it look like the I, I like something I like ah. 
I, you <laughs> I'm know, I'm be saying about I, it. I mean, it just looks like crap. It looks like garbage. I'm like, oh, well, why can't they make a Lord of the Rings epic with Dungeons and Dragons? Baldur's Gate is a great game. It follows D and D rules perfectly, right? And and it has a good story and it takes itself seriously. It can be done, but every time they put Dungeons and Dragons label on a on a movie, it's crap. And so, and now this one came out. And I'm like, going, well, I guess they're just not taking it seriously at all. And I don't. I'd like to see one where they actually tried to take it seriously. Even as much as I like uh, Vox Machina, it's it still doesn't really take yeah. itself seriously. Although it more, I haven't given this one a chance. I will try it, and if I like it, then I'll say so. I think the critical drinker said that it's kind of it's not the kind of film in sixty years' time you'll be happily reminiscing about. But yeah. like I say, I put it on to give it a go, and like I say, the characters are all likable. I didn't feel Michelle um, Rodriguez was over the top as the warrior. She just happened to be the warrior, and th- there is a couple of moments where it's kind of they're, they're both um, him and her are tied up and walking uh, the hands tied behind their back, and he kind of says to her, "Have you got this?" with these guards and you know he takes his time getting out because he knows he's not a fighter you know he ultimately he's a musician and and so in just the dynamic between the, the everybody kind of worked there were a few places where it was not great and i, I felt and um, what she called sophie lillis i think she's called who was excellent in it was the weakest of the characters in this but overall like i say it was just it was a perfectly decent summer blockbuster which i found entertaining yeah, one of the things that I heard just based on the trailers is a lot of people were going, hey, here we go, strong woman, while Chris Pine is an idiot, can't get anything done, because she's throwing people around like she's, you know, 300 pounds. I'm like, hey, there's a problem there when you react like that. On Dungeons & Dragons, when yeah. I played Dungeons & Dragons way back when, now I don't know if the rules have changed at all, but far as I know, they're basically the same. The gender of the character was purely uh, an aesthetic choice. It had nothing to do with the... If you rolled an 18 for a female warrior, it was the same as an 18 for a male warrior. It didn't yeah. matter. The strength and, and was again, the strength. It's, it's kind of explained that her clan, creed, whatever she is, is, is born yeah. from a race of warriors. So again, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have an issue with it. It was just, you know, she happened to be the tank and there's also a mage and there's also a healer and, you know, this kind of thing. And so... It wasn't the way it was played out. It wasn't played so it was kind of like, look how great she is and how crap men is. It was just they were always all part of a team. And it, I like the fact that they were kind of good friends for like a long time and stuff. So again, it's just, you know, they found each other, which is all explained quite cheesily at the beginning, actually, which is quite funny. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was it was a solid movie. Yeah, yeah excellent. I mean, I, I'll give it a go, um, you know. Uh, the, I, I'm just going to say this. What did annoy me, though, was Chris Pine's character uh, was married to a black woman. Which, I don't know, Gracious. it's just kind of... Well, not in that way. It's just kind of, in Hollywood now, it's kind of like every single couple have to be mixed race. And it's just kind of, every now and then, do you know what? A white person marries a white person. It does happen. It's fine. But it does happen. But it's just even in sort of like fantasy films now, it's just kind of oh, really, you know. And did, again, that just, did I did I tell you I watched that Eddie Murphy movie recently with um, oh, what's his name? Uh, 
the 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 guy that's been in Wolf of Wall Street and and Superbad. Jonah Hill. Uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy, and Jonah Hill meets this black girl, and they they have a kindle a relationship. They want to get married, and it it went exactly like I would expect it to go. The white people were treating like they were so proud of him for getting a black girl and they were yeah. treating her like an accessory rather than as a person or at least the mom was yeah. more than his own anything kind of like you would expect a lefty liberal white woman to be right yeah um and eddie murphy was the dad and he just he was like you ain't married no white white guy you know he was just like yeah. completely racist the other way he's like yeah screw white people and i think that's probably where it is right now you know i think that um, white people look at sometimes black people like a virtue accessory and black yeah. people just don't want to have anything to do with white people and so all these mixed race couples that, they, that Hollywood shoves on them I think both races are going okay <laughs> well I don't, yeah, white people will be like yeah we do that because we're awesome and we're so virtuous yeah. like, okay and it, it, like I say it just irked me from a fantasy film viewpoint because it was just kind of like we don't need to have this in there you know it's 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 one of those things like i say that it's just you know it's a fancy it's like the whole lesbian thing in willow it, it, it completely unnecessary you don't know it's just as inorganic and inauthentic the way they do yeah. it and yeah. yeah like i say it just i just wasn't it, that like i say that's the only thing that irks me about the film the rest of the film like i say was was good fun and i had a jolly good time with it um why people do not <laughs> they don't I don't know. It's 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 a weird world in which we live, where you know, in in this fantasy world in which we live, every every couple is mixed. Um, which, if it is the case, my wife is. If I I could get two Asian wives, about you know her her age is is, is sort of what forty six, so I could get two twenty three year old Asian wives. Is that the trade in value though? I'm thinking depreciation. Oh yeah, and they're probably going to interview her beforehand. Uh, probably better over there. <laughs> is she, is she, she can hear me? Is she here? <laughs> speaking speaking of attractive women, Dr. Jack is um the uh, uh, some images have come out of Eddie no, Eddie Izzard playing Dr. Jackal and Mrs. Hyde. Well, I, I don't even know what the what the full thing is. All I'm going to say about this is Eddie Izzard is the worst actor in the world. <laughs> he is terrible. Um, and just, there's nothing about this movie which makes me... The only reason I'd want to watch it is so that I could absolutely slate it off in a review. Because I can't imagine at any point would I watch this film and go, that was actually quite decent and made me think. Wasn't there a Dr. Jekyll and Ms. High? Like spoof yes. way back in no, the eighties or seventies. It wasn't a spoof. It was a Hammer film. It was. A, it was a seriously. It made was. A, it film. was. A, but it was. It was towards. It was Yeah, it was towards the end of Hammer's productions when they used to do a bit of T and A in their in their films and stuff, which was a shame. But it was kind of they were getting bums on seats, um, and so it, I wouldn't say it was a spoof. It was kind of a serious take, but it was a twist on the tale. But then, like okay. you say, you've never kind of heard of it. <laughs> No, I well, I, I'd heard of it. I don't know much about it, uh, but I, I'm sure I've never seen it. But the yeah, the whole. I mean, 
why is Eddie Izzard doing it? Because he's cross-dresser and, and trans. You know, it's got that. It's going to have that whole through line in it, right? And uh, I mean, I've seen Eddie Izzard. Like, I liked him in the Ocean series, okay. And I think he played a voice of a in the Ocean a, series. Yeah, Ocean's Thirteen. I think he was in Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen. But he was playing. He was playing a guy. He was just a guy. Oh, right. he was, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, he was all right. Anyway. Thank you. So, anyway. like, um, but he also. Oh yeah, thank you. He sir. played a, He did the voice of a mouse or something in in one of those Narnia movies, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, right, okay. Caspian, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I mean, in the right role, I think he's fine. I just, I, he's another one. It's like, I really loved his stuff back in, to, like, Dress to Kill, I think, is fantastic. I, like, most of his okay. stand-ups were great. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'll, I'll give me stand-up. Yeah, goodness. Yeah. But now he's he's another one of those that's just gone completely up his own ass, just yeah. buying into all the woke nonsense and just lost his mind. And now he's doing stuff like this, which you know is going to be some comment on trans whatever. Uh, Again, it, weirdly, or, if you were going to do a kind of Jacqueline Mrs. Hyde, it would be better to have somebody who is much more, I want to say, manly, you know, to then have a contrast and stuff. But like, like you say, casting him was just, it was a weird, weird choice. It was, yeah, I just don't <laughs> see it being anything that anybody's... That's, going to be interested in or what but yeah, yeah it's weird Do you know what we'll move on from that um we'll move on from that here's another review this uh you, exorcist uh, no don't do that because i am looking at it going no 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 that is fun. <laughs> um the pope's exorcist starring uh russell crowe the trailers made it look quite good so i thought i would give it a go I haven't laughed so much in quite a while. <laughs> it was one of those films where... How can I describe it? Uh, it's, it's the silly little things. <laughs> yeah, crap is, is a good word. It's the silly little things like... He travels from Italy to Spain. And when he turns up in Spain, he's on a little Vespa moped. Now, according to the IMDb, apparently... Um, that was Russell Crowe's idea to have a little moped. Because a lot of the priests and, and a lot of people in, in Rome get around on the old mopeds, obviously it's nice and easy, right, you don't travel from Italy to Spain on a moped without, I kept thinking of the scene in Dumb and Dumber, where they both turn up and sort of like you know, and they're both freezing cold and he's like, no I had a big June bug so I'm quite alright and stuff like this and and just from, from the outset it was just, it was bad, there was nothing scary about it, it was a whole cliche and the main kid who gets possessed was just uh, he's not a terrible actor but he was just so cute and so he wasn't menacing or anything <laughs> at all you know I just kept wanting to go who's a cute little demon oh you you with it yeah you are and it was just it was bad it was oh it was, you're uh, adorable yes yes my mom does a cox in hell yes she does yes she does <laughs> yes yeah, she does um <laughs> Hello, Heidi. We didn't ban the hillbilly. Um, he's got a girlfriend, so we don't see him anymore. He's dumped his friends. Uh, but when he, you know, she turns up dead uh, unexpectedly, we're the ones who have got to pick up all the pieces. Anyway, nice to have you with us. Um, but yes, this this was this was not 
a good horror film. It's a great comedy. Uh, if you wanted a good laugh, you can certainly have a good giggle at it. But it's it's not a it's not a good film. It was. A drinker really. Well, he liked it. I wouldn't say that it was. He gave it a recommend. I was kind of surprised. He Did says, he? you know, it's not. He, he's, he acknowledged it had problems, but he was. He just seemed like he was pretty entertained by it. Did he so, really? Yeah. Yeah. I missed that maybe, video. Maybe. Yeah. Give it. Give him a, a. I don't know if it's an extra, one of the extras, or whatever. But you might take a look and see oh, what he, he thought oh, of no, it. No, no, no. He, he, it's because he had a chat with Russell Crowe. That's why. He interviewed Russell Crowe. That's what it is. That's why. Maybe, he said he but it. he he didn't he didn't like give it like it's the most glowing recommendation in the world. I wouldn't say that, but he did seem to. He was he was reasonably entertained by it. He was kind of surprised. So go figure. Oh. And for me, I, I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur of horror, but I do like my horror. But for me, it just it wasn't it was it covered every single trope and every single cliche you could possibly imagine. It didn't even have like jump scares. So there wasn't anything to even like, you know, oh, you know, and it, it just it didn't work for me on any level. I, I, I got I got the impression from it was more of an action movie. I don't know if I go far as action comedy, but but more of a, a lighter tone than, say, a, a typical horror movie. The only video I've not watched of his within the last month has been his interview with Russell Crowe. So maybe that, well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I gave a bit of a review. He's a shell. That's what it is. <laughs> I knew he'd sell out sooner or later. It's all it took. Russell Crowe I mean, threatening I... his family, and boy, he just turns over. <laughs> um, in one life or another, I will have revenge. Um, <laughs> I mean, with it, I don't know. Like I say, maybe that is the case. I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched that interview, uh, which I'm going to have to now. But honestly, like I say, I thought The Pope's Exorcist, as, as a as a horror film, didn't work. Didn't work at all. I, I haven't seen his interview, but he did do a short, you know, blurb review that he does. He didn't. I've just looked. He didn't. Yeah, he did. Well, you have to send me the link. Then. Well, um, I watched it. Maybe he pulled it down. I don't know. It's like, okay, they about... released my family. I'm wiping it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wife and kids are happy and home safe now. I can take that yeah. crap off. Um, <laughs> Okie doke. So let's talk about something which I, I want to say I am looking forward to, but I was a mild bit disappointed with the trailer. And that was June 2. I take it you saw the trailer. No, you're going to find. you're not going to find it. Oh, I've just looked. He has a secondary channel. I bet you don't don't have that. No. Why has he got a secondary channel? Critical Drinkers Extra Shots. Oh, no, that's where he... Um, yes, no, I, I do know what you mean. Yeah, that's kind of where he has a chat with a few people and stuff. We'd love to get him on here, Critical Drinker, if you'd ever like to join us. Just don't watch any of the previous shows. Uh, <laughs> no, watch them all. I think you'll love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I say... I didn't rate it. Anyway, so look, we're going to go on something new. June 2. Now, did you watch the trailer for this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, looks... I was a little underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed by the first trailer. And I, I think that's what I like about oh, okay. Denny is that he just... Denny. <laughs> Denny. <laughs> we're like this. Sure. Uh, Denny. Denny Villeneuve is very understated, I think, in his trailers, and he and he's a little understated in his movies in some ways, to their benefit. That's what I like about his movies is that they 
they have a grittiness and a and a. I, they're just they're not flashy, but okay in a good way. That's what I like yeah. about them. I don't see anything here. This I, I can barely tell what the hell he was doing on that worm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just nothing but sand. But I'm like going, I'm in. I'm good. I'm in. It's 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 Villeneuve. I love doing one. I'll I'll I'm I'm in. Yeah, here, shut up and take my money. <laughs> like I say, I didn't. I, it, I I can't remember the first trailer for the first June, and so I, it's completely kind of void from my mind. I only just remember the film now, and so watching this trailer, I was just kind of, well, you know, I was hoping for a bit more. Uh, you know, the weirding modules that they have, where they, and I, uh, <laughs> and so just at the moment, my skirt is not blown up. Um, so I am it's, hoping. It's not out till what Thanksgiving, I think. November time, I think it is. Yeah, November, November, yeah. So I, I guarantee there'll be a longer trailer sometime in August. Oh, there he is! Right now, apparently, uh, drinkers are extra short, folks, exorcist. Right, fine. I shall have to give that a go. That's weird. Usually, we do we do quite agree myself and this crew drinker, but every now and then he's wrong. I thought Midsummer was a great movie, but he thought it was one of the most sort of worst movies of the year. So I I, I didn't like it that much either. But that's oh no. I, I don't know that it would have mattered whether he liked it or you like. I just that's one of those movies like it's like Hereditary. It's I respect it more than I liked it. Okay, oh, fair enough. Um, I must admit I've only seen it once, but I do remember quite enjoying it. But then I also remember going on YouTube afterwards and trying to get explanations for everything. <laughs> and when I found a few, I was thinking, oh, actually, no, that's quite clever, but that's not really what you should be doing with a movie. Um, but then it's Ari Aster, so he, he does make films like that. But yes, June, June, June 2 is out in November, and I, we are looking forward to it. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be a cinema experience, which is what I am looking forward to. It's a shame Sean's not here, because May 4th was Star Wars Day. How did you spend Star Wars Day, Yoda? Working. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I don't think I did anything Star Wars related. I did go see Return of the Jedi last week, which I think we talked about a little bit yes. uh, in the theater, because it was like the 40th anniversary. And that was I was I was kind of shocked at how well it ha- holds up. You know, I figured on the big screen I would see things that dated it, especially yeah. the effects. And for the most part, it, no, it's just it's Return of the Jedi, and I love it. I wish they did. I wish Vader didn't scream. I wish we didn't have the replacement for Lopty Neck. Uh, but that, other than that, that was that, that was my day. I sat with my toys eating a KFC. That, by the way, if you can't see it, that is a um, corn on the cob on the stick, because I was asked, <laughs> what the hell is that? Um, but yeah, I, I had a KFC, and you'll notice that this is the original logo, and not the new logo, because I, I still so. have a copy of... Where is it? Yes, I still have... Let's get rid of that now. Uh, get rid of that one. I still have the original cut on DVD twice because this thing contains, you can see there, look, it says, uh, it says the original theatrical version, yep. which um, uh, I, I spoke to a couple of people on Twitter and I know a kid uh, from Canada said that, where well, do you get that from bootleg? And I said, no, it, it was out in the UK because that is a UK It copy, was out so. here. 
Oh, and they right. brought they they they'd released it all on DVD. This was this was right during the whole Blu-ray HD DVD fiasco. So yeah, nothing was coming out in HD quite yet, and so they put it in. Um, they re-released the the original trilogy, but they added in to the special edition these DVDs that had the theatrical releases. But they were oh, yeah. done in non-anamorphic, like like matted. Yeah, it, was, it was and bad. Yeah, it was. It's like it was almost a big fu. Like we just wanted to see it like as good as DVD. At least you know make it so that it filled the screen properly and stuff like that. Nah. Yeah. It looked like shit, and so I know with the despecialized editions that you can find in various places. <laughs> yeah, I must admit I do have a copy of the despecialized editions as well. But the quality was not great, but it kind of didn't matter because it was just still that theatrical cut. And uh, I, I had a blast that day. Like I say, I was I was quite happy at home. I actually bought this is really bad. I bought a six piece family fee family meal and had the whole thing to myself <laughs> it was a wonder i didn't spend most of the evening on the toilet um what's happening now uh vader's vader's fighting luke and uh luke's losing a bit <laughs> and stuff um yeah, i'm but, losing a yeah. bit too <laughs> <laughs> but like i say i i had a great day on star wars day for me i put up there's an article on the website you can read about it but i mean uh, me and my dad used to watch it uh, or at least one of the films on Star Wars Day every year. So just sit, for me, taking the day off and sitting down and watching it, happy days. Yeah, it kind of, it it's, it, it, you know, my take watching Return of the Jedi again, it's like, <sighs> all this crap that's coming out, they can't take away how good those three movies are. They just can't. That's it, yeah. Hand shooting first, um, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. Like I say, no matter what they do, they just, they can't, they can't get close to it. And like I say, and what I love is, is the fact that it's like, look, Disney, you can't take this away from me. You can't change it and, and, and do anything with it. Cause this is mine, my hard copy. <laughs> That's the best thing about it. My clunky. <laughs> so yeah, I had a good star Wars day. So we are going to move on and, and carry on talking about this. Uh, well, do you want to talk about the Anakin versus Luke? Because that was, I thought Aggie was going to be here, and that was kind of his article. Should we save that, or do you want to talk about it? I, I, you know what? The only thing I can say about that is like, well, Luke already beat Anakin. We saw it happen. What's the problem here? Why is this a big? This is very true. I mean, you can't say that he wasn't more powerful as Vader. He beat his ass. So, say it. I think that that's settled as far as I'm concerned. On Star Wars Day, I watched The Menagerie. That is a Star Trek two-part episode oh, right. <laughs> uh, retelling of The Cage, if if I'm okay. picking the right thing, and uh, I'll give you a salute. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Approved. I was thinking, uh, there's obviously a joke in there somewhere, but I don't know what it was, but I'm glad Yoda enjoyed it. Um, okay, so I mean, we did have Anakin versus Luke, but what we are going to move on to... I watched visions too. I, 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 the first visions was like, it's one of those like you know anthology things. I saw it once. I'm like, on oh that was okay. I'll never watch it again. I loved the first series. It was unusual. It was weird. It was 
odd it was creative it was beautiful i i loved what they did genuinely loved what they did i was looking forward to visions number two um because again it was just one of those films that i was i was just happy to happy to sit down or a series i was happy to sit down and and give it a go the first episode has a sith character who is a female Sith character, which is I'm going to come back to in a minute, who is given up her Sith ways and become an artist. And I was thinking, a little bit girly, but that's fair enough. That's okay. That's fine. She gets attacked by these Sith guys. She takes them all out. It's happily ever after. And I was like, it was well animated, beautiful to look at, but I thought, right, okay. The second episode... Oh, wait, 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 wait. The Sith is ruled by the dark side. Dark side is all about getting power. If you're just sitting there painting, you're not a Sith anymore. I'm sorry. You're not dark side anymore. You no, I know. I know. Dark, you're, but you're light side. So is she a former Sith or an actual Sith? A former Sith because the uh, these guys kind of like, she was in a group with these guys and she left. So and she so renounced she, her ways. Yes, is what it is. And okay. he keeps saying, you're okay. a Sith, you'll always be a Sith type of thing. And I was like, right, okay. I can't remember the second one at all oh no that's right no I do remember it it's a bunch of Irish kids who are working like in a child labour place probably for the Empire they go off to find what they're they're, there's a hidden cave with apparently a screaming demon in there or something and there's a young girl and three boys as I remember I might be wrong (laughs) but the young girl confronts the screaming demon who is a Sith Lord uh, apparently um the three boys leave she stays in there she manages to kill this sith lord and then a jedi turns up saying oh, i've been wanting you to do this for a long time you can keep this now you can come with me hooray another female brilliant the third episode was about uh, two young girls sisters who had lost their mum and how uh, they then had to they were stealing water from an empire place which was run by a female uh officer of some description and how they use the powers to overcome thing and blah 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 at this point i was going all right fair enough the fourth one was the argument one which i was quite looking forward to it was entitled i am your mother and it's about a young girl and her mum who enter a speeder race against another girl and her mum and how they win and overcome and blah 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 at this I'm point, sensing I was, a theme. <laughs> at this point, I looked up the synopsis for the several of the others, and they all are, you know, a young female Jedi, a young woman. And it was just, no, I'm not doing it. I can't. I, you know, you can call me sexist, misogynist, or whatever else you want to call me under the sun. Feminism has ruined Star Wars, and yet. <laughs> Of the whole, I'm, I'm not. I'm not being funny about that. I've looked into this. It, Ray, oh, just, I'm not going to get on my soapbox again. But this whole, th- the last season of Visions, they seem to say, just do whatever you want, whatever you want to make, make. And that there were some characters which had a female style, which was still excellent. But in this one, it seems to be, do whatever you want, make whatever you want. It's got to be about a woman, though. And so I, it just feels like Disney have interfered. I, I got a couple of things on this. I thought I, I heard recently that I thought were interesting. One, Evangeline Lilly, you, you know, she was yeah, yeah, yeah. lost. She was the wasp, and then she was in yeah. the, the the Hobbit. Um, 
she just put out a statement that said, why are we demonizing men being masculine? Why are we making women masculine and, you know, trying to make men feminine or saying it's bad for the sex that you are to act like the sex that you are? If you're a man, you can't act masculine. And if you're a woman, you can't act feminine. Why are we doing this is what she was. Her point was. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Anything, if men do masculine stuff, it's bad. But if the women are kick-ass, then they're kick-ass females who don't take no shit or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. And and I heard something else that's kind of dovetails into this, but I thought it was interesting. Back when the original Star Trek came out, and you had all the women in the miniskirts, right? All the, showing off their legs and everything. And... If you watch any modern day woman write about that, like the sexist outfits that they stuck her into, right? And apparently, back in the day, women were like really happy about those outfits. They're like, we're glad to see that women are still women in the future. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, contemporary women in the 60s were happy to see the women wearing dresses, even if they were a little risque or whatever, that they. We're accentuating femininity in that series. That they like that, mm. and now they, you know, so this was just natural. This is just what they like. They're like, oh, good, women look like women, and they don't look like men. And now they've been, the whole culture has been so brainwashed to say women can't look like women and men can't look like men, or act or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Lily, you got a point there. I mean, it's kind of awful. And, 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 and gee, I wonder why nobody's responding to this. Can't wait to see that Disney stock uh, release this week, by the way. Looking forward to that. I can, Love to I, see I, people dying on ashes. Love it. it is, again, we live in such a weird society. I think the critical drinker retweeted her, sort of saying, oh, careful there, Angelina, because um, of Angelina, because you know, you're dangerously close to getting yourself cancelled if you say something like that. And well, is. she finished out her Ant-Man series. She's done. She, what happened? Yeah, she's she's like, right. I'm at it with this shit. She's made um, enough money. Say whatever she wants. I'm glad somebody's saying it like that. You know, it's like she's she was started out a model. I mean, her whole her whole career has been based on accentuating her femininity, and now it's mm. like, well, that's a bad thing because what do the models look like now? Horrible garbage. The spoilers for the upcoming film: The First Jedi is a woman, and it's—I don't know whether you're referring to like the acolyte or anything that goes back as far as that. But the Ray, because Ray came along, and Ray was a Mary Sue, and Ray was great at everything. Ray Palpatine, obviously. Luke died and was replaced with Ray, and it kind of killed the franchise. You know, the majority of the fans absolutely hated it, didn't had no vested interest in it, and, and it killed the franchise. So what did Disney do? We should bring Ray back. <laughs> you know, let's bring back this Mary Sue, who everybody seems to love. Eh, not everybody. And yeah, you've got these small factions of people who... I mean, again, on Star Wars Day, I was seeing people saying, who's your favourite character? Oh, it's easily Ray." And I didn't get into arguments because I'm not an idiot, but, you know, I'm sat there going, so your favourite character is the character that literally killed the franchise. That's your favourite character, is it? That's, that's, that's who you like out of all of them, is it? And... The whole female thing has become a joke now that it's not about, again, Setlix just made another good point there. That's the point. It's not about equality. It is about men being pushed aside, trampled on, and and completely degraded 
you know, if you look at, at there's a there's a great um, quote from somebody I can't remember who it was now, but they said how Ray got on the Millennium Falcon and she bypassed the hyperdrive and blah blah blah. So she actually knew the Falcon better than Han Solo. So now so, no, Han Solo's been pushed aside as well. So Luke was pushed aside, and it's the fact that the women can't be equal. They've got to be better than men in 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 every single respect, and that is the problem that that's been caused today. And like I say, yeah. visions. Because, ladies, Divisions. you're in for a rude awakening in real life. <laughs> a sexist <laughs> yeah, <right>. would say. <laughs> but, but Star Wars Visions 2, like I say, I got to the fourth episode, and it was just how great women are and how brilliant women are, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like you, you're trying to appeal to a very small fan base because, ultimately, Star Wars is people like the two of us, old farts, <laughs> who grew up trying to reach the TV remote control using the force because that's what Luke could do and you killed Luke off because you wanted to replace him with a woman and it just it's ruined it and it's just well, I'm, I'm fed boys up with it need now. role models too you know and yeah. just like women do and I'm just saying if do you know what I'm saying about that um, a good friend of mine who's a girl because I do know girls in real life um, but a good friend of mine who's a girl I, we always say to, hello to each other on, on Star Wars Day because we're both big fans. And she was saying about how she grew up loving Princess Leia because not only was Princess Leia a badass, you know, she didn't take any crap from Han and, and Chewie and all this. Like, when you first meet her, she's, she's badass. But she also loved how Carrie Fisher was so outspoken and such a, such a powerful woman in a completely male-dominated industry. And, you know, she was badass and she loved it. But that's too subtle. You know, we can't have subtle, and we certainly can't have women struggling. So let's just have Ray, who's brilliant at everything, no struggle or anything else, just be great, you know, and that's what you can expect in life, girls. Everything's you'll just be great because you're a woman. And like you say, well, in real life, I would say that, you know, Princess Leia wasn't that physical. It wasn't until later on, that, like in Jedi, she started getting more physical with things because... Um, Revealed that she's you know Luke's sister and she's got the force and so she's she does a few things like jump on the speed of oh, bike and that kind of stuff. I just meant but I the, just meant her her whole attitude was just badass, right? You know her her her, her, her attitude at the beginning was yeah feisty, uh, takes control. She's a senator, right? So she's used to to making decisions and that sort of thing, um, and. But she still needs the guys, like she needs Luke to swing her across the chasm and things like that. Yeah. And it's it's all fine. It's all like they're all working together and, and it's emphasizing the strengths they have as people, as the individuals. This is what bothers me so much. It's like we're always accentuating the group characteristic. Women are badass. It's like, well, not all women. Some women suck, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Some men suck. It's okay. You can, You know, it's... You don't have to elevate women just by being women. You're giving them... The worst thing, I think, is what you're giving people is this this unrealistic expectation of success simply by being born a certain way. It's like, well, life yeah. doesn't work that way. You're going to... You're, you're setting people up for a lot of failure. Why would you do yeah. that to them? Yeah. Exactly. And, and like I say, I mean, you know, watching the original trilogy again, and like I say, I know what you're saying, but like I say, from the very outset, she, you know, this stormtrooper walks in and she goes, aren't you a little short? She's not scared of him. You know, she's going she's gonna to stand up against him. And then when Han and Chewie do turn up, it's like, oh, I'll get this walking carpet out of my way. So, 
you know, she's like, no, I'm taking charge. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in charge of this group now. You know, and it's just like I say, she was so great, and it was just, oh, like I say, women have ruined Star Wars. <laughs> women have ruined everything. Oh dear, should never give it on the vote. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, I'm just. Oh, oh, so if I look at some of these, look. The movie they fired the writer and the director from, now KK, is taken over. Rest assured that the first Jedi is a woman. Man messed up. Now Ray is here to fix the mess, to have... Him, that's now, exactly what's going to happen. The, the first Jedi, I think, is a black woman. Um, so I started playing Jedi Survivor. Okay. Which is I still haven't good. got around to it yet. But yeah. What's that? I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> I, I started playing it. It's fun. But uh, there is a quick flashback scene where they find this really old droid from like a ah, thousand years ago ah, it's really old and they get it working again but you know how he, he gets down he'll do some force mumbo jumbo push the right stick down and <laughs> yeah. then uh, he, he gets a vision well in this case he got a vision and it was this black Jedi acolyte that was telling the droid to do to do something I, I honestly can't remember what it is I'll figure it out as I go along but uh you know, I mean, it's like they're they're trying to stick this this acolyte crap into the game. Some of it, I get it to tie it all together to make it all feel like the same universe. But I know this yeah. acolyte's gonna suck, and pff, I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Um, right is KK. Yeah, I know. And she, yeah, and you, I kind of wonder what's going to happen with Indiana Jones because. If Indiana Jones is a huge failure, she has got to be fired. She's got to be fired. But then conversely, we've also seen that, you know, Star Wars has been a complete failure, but yet she still seems to be there and having a job. Um, This is very true. I, somebody said, and a great quote about this, was when they said the force is female, it's ridiculous. Somebody said, the force is for everyone. It's not female. The force is for anybody can have the force. It's not just a female, like you say, it's not just because you were born a biological woman. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> that the force is for you, as opposed to, say, Luke, Luke and Anakin and, you know, all these other great Jedi, Obi-Wan and stuff, who have had the force and they've been males. It's even for three foot frogs. I don't see what the problem exactly. is. Exactly. You talk funny. Let's again move on. Uh, do you notice, and uh, this is completely separate, but when you're coming to edit these up, I put a nice little pause in between. I've noticed that. Of... Yes, I have. I have noticed that. It's almost like we're professional. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Unless you talk about it and, and ruin the, ruin the, uh, you know, the magic. But fine. That's fine. No, no, no. Let's do this bit again then. So, because <laughs> we're not live, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is finally hit the cinemas. Now, this came out on Wednesday over here, um, and I had the day off, and I was coming oving and ahhing because I thought, hey, I'd like to go and see it, but B, it would mean leaving the house, and I don't really like doing that. Um, <laughs> um, but I did. You get that now, too, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, the NPCs aren't very friendly, and the quality is never generally very good either. <laughs> and uh, nobody's told me where the respawn point is outside. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it is. Oh, I got bad news for you. <laughs> I'm in this hospital again. Um, <laughs> so why is um, this guy spanking me on the ass? Oh no, my save point. <laughs> have you have you seen it? I did. Saw it last night. Okay. 
Okay, okay. So, just before we go on then, we will possibly talk about spoilers. I know Eggy was trying to avoid him, so this is actually a good thing he's not here. So, overall, what was your impression? Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, because it certainly isn't crap. I mean, it's it's above average. But there, whatever it was that made the first two, because I, I actually like the second one better than the first one, although I do love the first one. I just think the second one had better villain, and, and I like it just had a little bit more heart to it, a little bit more emotion. Uh-huh. This one, this one tried to do that, and it sometimes succeeded and sometimes it did not and it's it's a little long pacing could probably be trimmed up a bit yeah and should should we talk spoilers i mean i just it's hard to talk about that basically yes we are going to be talking spoilers if you haven't seen guardians of the galaxy yet come back and watch this video again because that actually helps with the algorithm yes (laughs) So the <laughs> uh, watch from the beginning. I uh, don't care if you watch all this. I'll do it again. Uh, the the <laughs> the the story is rocket story yeah. for the most part, but they sideline him for the first two thirds of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say no, even longer than that. Maybe maybe three quarters. Maybe now. They do give him a sizable amount of flashbacks, but they're showing how he became who he is, how he became Rocket Raccoon. Um, and he's, since he doesn't interact with the rest of the Guardians very much, it's it's hard to get in, as invested. I don't, I don't feel the emotion that I should in this thing. Mm-hmm. And then... The, but, but it's not like the, none of the other Guardians have anything to do. They do. And they have some of their fights, but they never take it to a logical conclusion to give you any emotional, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. And so the two things I noticed, like I, it was in a full theater and every there was there was some obvious big moments, applause moments, and everybody just kind of was sitting there stone-faced. And right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, should have been big emotional. Um, one was when Rocket at the end, he's getting thrown around by the the high evolutionary, right. and then he he hits a he hits a thing on his ankle that negates the high evolutionary's power. Yeah, and goes, "I'm Rocket," and that's supposed to be a big moment. It's supposed to be a uh, huge moment where he. It's supposed to be a he, Captain America with the hammers moment. Yeah, it's supposed to be like he, he's overcome this guy that, that caused him so much pain for so long. And he says the line, it's almost a trailer line, I'm I'm Rocket Raccoon or something like that. And he shoots him. And everybody in the theater, including myself, was like, on, cool. I, you know, just there was no, there was nothing there. I wasn't, I should have been, like, with his father uh, and with Yondu dying, you know, mm. I got, I got worked up on that. Yeah. But with this, I was like, nothing. And part of that was because there should have been less flashbacks and more of him interacting, I think. And maybe then we could have gotten more emotionally connected with Rocket and this this stuff. Now, this is kind of one of those where it's like, I just don't think it was the best 
choice the way they did it. It didn't grab me emotionally. I don't think the story is garbage or anything. And it's it's not. It's if you want to watch it, I'd say you you won't regret watching it. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. crap on it. I just say, is it at the other two where it really had some really good emotion, but the songs didn't really. They were there. They didn't really. They they weren't. They didn't evoke anything when they played them. I I did feel with the music it was overused in in the original movies or both of the original movies there's there's songs which obviously sort of come up and and take precedence but in this it kind of you know a song would come up and take precedence and then another one and then i think by the third or fourth time i'm like yes it's a great soundtrack we get it james you know you can tone that down a little bit now it didn't like in the second one and they did it best with the second one, although they did it very well in the first one. In the second one, they had they started out with uh, blue skies, uh, yeah. uh, with a group yeah. dancing around while all this stuff is going on in the background. It's a great way to start up, and the music works perfectly in that moment the way they did it. And then after they get kind of past it, and they they have a little respite, and they're going to leave, and. Um, you know, kind of head out to whatever they're doing. They play Lakeside Drive, or I think yeah. that's what it's called. But it's about you know, and it's kind of like a little road song that kind of evokes their emotion, which is great. And then at the very end, after you know, they play the the Cat Stevens dad song that really works after Yandu's just been buried and everything. And he's yeah. got little baby Groot there, which is kind of like a new surrogate son. And and he's listening to it with him, like a, like a father and son would. This this. I mean, these the, the music that he picked worked specifically well for the setting that he set up in those seats, right? Yeah, that never really happened in this movie, in my opinion. Not 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 to that extent. Let me let me just bring up Setlick's point here that the music was his mum's. Hang on, I'll put up the one where you spelt it right. <laughs> yeah, the music was his mum's favorite, and that's true because obviously his mum, you know, gave him this cassette, and, and so there was that kind of emotional connectional level where he's kind of again in the second one it worked because he got given a Zoom and you know there's like so many thousands of songs on there, but in this right. one it just like you say there's just it was emotionally just distant from what was going on. Yeah, and then you know you throw in that there's stuff in there from the early 2000s even, and it just it doesn't feel. This is one of those things like it just didn't feel like the other two movies. It didn't feel like a Guardians movie in some ways, and I just I don't know if it was. You know they built up this team, this the the core team of Rocket, Groot, Quill, Drax, and Gamora, and now it's Gamora is not Gamora anymore. And she was way too abrasive. Even, like, I get get they took her back for 2014, but when we saw her in 2014 in the first Guardians movie, she was not nearly this abrasive as she was in this But then we don't know how long she's then been spending with the Ravagers. I I know, I know, but it still didn't feel like it was her. Like, I know it's not her, but it's, you know... You don't feel like she could grow into that person. And then when she ends up with the Ravagers at the end, I'm like, oh, no, that's not satisfying at all. Why do I want... I don't care about any of these people. They were a gag in a <laughs> in an end credit in two. They they got... They're nothing. They're not... They have no emotional attachment to any of these people. Am I supposed to be happy for her that she's with all these strangers that I don't care about? A little thing that just annoyed me about this was 
they go through these three shields to get to this Om- Omnicore or whatever this this place was. They get through these three, three shields. Then yeah. they meet up with the Ravagers. And I, I kept thinking, so what, these, everybody can just get through this shield really easily? <laughs> well, <laughs> he was doing like some monkey business with something, and that's why he was oh. able to get in, because he's a Ravager in the past, and he's able to do some... No, 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 no. What I mean is, is bullshit. That's how they got in. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but like, this thing is protected by three shields. I know what Peter was doing when they get there, but when they get in the sea shield, it seems like the rest of the Ravagers were already inside there oh, as well. Oh, yeah. That's, well, and it was kind of both like, Ravagers, right? So they keep, but, they did the same thing. I don't know. But I suppose then, as you said, thinking about it, Nebula did say that she contacted someone, so maybe they had just got in and were waiting for them. But then why would they attack them? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like they bring up things, they do things that misdirect you for no good reason. I mean, good, yeah. good thing nobody started shooting at that moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. Blown away Sylvester Stallone right then. <laughs> and then there's other times where it's like, like uh, Dave Cullen mentioned, it's like she, uh, Gamora just pushes Peter, just, just violent with him for no good reason, which is... Like, we're just supposed mm. to accept that. And I think what he missed there, I mean, I agree with him. We, The the random violence in sometimes these movies for, for no reason is kind of a little ridiculous. But then Nebula pushes Drax later on in the movie. The yeah. three of them are kind of stuck. And Nebula is losing her patience with Drax, somewhat understandably. And she pushes him. And... Mantis defends him. It doesn't mean you should push him, you know? You don't have the right to just push him. We need to talk. Just because, yeah. you know. And then she calls him stupid. She says, I do think, you know, because Drax is stupid. And, and Drax kind of has a moment, like, you guys think I'm stupid? And and Mantis very honestly answers to, yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, this could be a character. And then she touches him and goes, forget. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I was, oh, no character growth there, I guess. I was, I was no. so mad when she did that. I was like, oh, here's a moment for Drex. And, and, and then there was like... Learn and grow and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the Drex, like, and they showed this in the trailer where they come down to Counter-Earth. This bothered me, too. The destruction of Counter-Earth. Like, everybody just kind of shrugged that off. Yeah. Again, Jesus uh, Christ. Again, uh, yeah, I was the same. I've kind of just... Oh, so everybody just talks a funny language. Everybody's dead. Yeah. Let's go on an adventure. What? <laughs> hey, guard shit, did you, Guardians? Uh, uh, th- I mean, that was just awful. That, that that didn't need to happen. I mean, I you know, try to save somebody, would you? You're supposed to be superhero movies. I know yeah. the Guardians are a little different, but still, you, you put Guardians like, in yeah. your name. I yeah. just thought that was awful. And then... But when they land on Counter-Earth and Drax hits the girl way too hard with the basketball, a little girl, (laughs) it's supposed to be a funny moment, right? Which just, it felt really mean. You didn't laugh out out loud? I did not laugh out loud. But then later on, (laughs) later on, what is Drax doing? Drax is the one that connects with all the little girls and and little kids. And he talks about his daughter... If there's a man who had a daughter and is connecting with these little kids and is be kind of coming a father figure to them and everything else, this is not a man who would whack a girl with a basketball like that. Uh, you know, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair just point. Just like, just for a cheap laugh, it's like, 
is he dumb or is he not dumb? Is he caring or is he not caring? He's he's all over the place. And when they have a moment where it's like maybe they could address this, and then Manus just says forget and uses her power to make him forget yeah. that she just said that. Undercut, undercut themselves, and now they're not even using humor to undercut it. They're just undercutting whatever <laughs> yeah. can of worms they open up. So it was things like that. Now. Rockets almost dying, that did get to me. I thought he was going to die. I really did. And they did that well. And I felt a lot of things for this dumb CGI raccoon. But yes, I was feeling things. Well done there. Uh, I liked Adam Warlock. I like his little growth, the little arc. But, you know, he's ended up on the Guardians. And I don't know if he stayed through this credit scenes, but ended up with the Guardians. Um, kind of like that. I don't know why Quill just decided that he wanted to go see his grandpa. I, I don't see anything there that motivated him to go to Earth because he, he was running away or something, but I just, it, it didn't work for me. Uh, whatever they came up with, it didn't feel real. Uh, Nebula, I thought, was good. I like her running nowhere now and running the community. I thought that was but good. Weirdly, weirdly, see, I thought Adam Warlock was completely sidelined. Well, he was I not... He was not a. He was, he was not going to be a major. Relief. Yeah, he was there as comic relief, but it's still. I like that he, kind of like, uh, saved Peter and wanted to know why you saved him. He was kind of this antagonist. Okay, he, he wasn't meant to be much, but uh, I liked it. Like, you know, I, I get what they were doing with him. He's not going to be the comic guy. That's fine. That's what uh, you're going to do. And for that, I don't I'm know. Fine with Thanks. Like just to me, they sold him quite big, and so I did think to myself, "Oh, you know, he's quite a bad guy." And it was not completely sidelined, but he was just or turned up. He was funny and and in his moments and stuff, but obviously the main antagonist was the high evolutionary, and it was just kind of, oh, right, okay, so misdirection, whatever, you know. It just sort of I don't know, like I say, and then come the end, you knew what was going to happen, and so it was just kind of. Uh, right, okay, you know, yeah, um, Peter's in trouble, and uh, Warlock saved him. Uh, like I say, I felt nothing towards that at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the... I like that, you know, that they had to try to save Rocket. I just wish they had done it a little bit quicker and got him back in the story a little bit more so we could get his his mindset now. My take on that was, with with the whole rocket thing, is, like I say, I do know what you're saying, that yes, he is part of the Guardians and everything else and blah, blah, blah. I found that the emotional backstory was actually quite good. You know, in some yes. prequels we've seen how he kind of completely destructs the, deconstructs the character, but having an explanation of why he's Rocket, why this high evolutionary was after him, you know why he's a bit cynical and he doesn't kind of want friends apart from Groot and stuff. That for me really worked. Really, really worked. I, I um, agree. I agree. The whole backstory was great. It was emotional. It yeah. gave you a very good understanding of who he was as a character. My problem is, is that once they, basically, him being sidelined and sitting on a table, and them trying to save him was an excuse to do the entire backstory, which took forever. Then when he finally got back into the story in the present time, he wasn't really doing much to push forward the story. A few things here and there, but nothing more than he had done in any other of the Guardians movies. You know what I'm saying? Except for maybe rescuing the raccoons and all the little little animals. 
and and having his one big moment with the high evolutionary which wasn't enough that that was my problem with it it was like he needed to there had to be something more that he did once he got back into the story so okay. a little less flashback a little bit more him having agency and doing more stuff you know having some sort of it was missing that big emotional thing that would have made his i'm rocket and and killing the guy would have made yeah. it a lot more like the whole like you say at the end of endgame you know iron man saying iron iron man was just that moment you know and right because yeah, it had been it had been telegraphed and built up and we had you know we had had those moments that that drug us along on his journey we got the beginning the backstory of rocket's journey we understand that we understand a little bit what he went through in the first two guardians movies but and, and of course endgame and and infinity war but now it's like now we're getting all this backstory and then i guess go kill high over the sherry okay yeah cool what more there's had to be something more if you want me to get really emotionally invested in that end cycle that's what i needed and that's where i think it was something was missing there and then them all just randomly separating especially quill I, I guess Quill wanted to be with her, but he kind of accepted her. But she's Gamora was was horribly misused in this movie. I just don't like at all what they did with her. On the flip side, I really like Nebula. I really liked how they used her and how she's become who she is. I kind of like that. So I was indifferent to Nebula. Weirdly, I don't know why. Like I say, I was just kind of indifferent to her um, in this one. Um, what did you make of the whole heist bit at the beginning? Because I felt the whole thing was very much just, I want to say Act 1, but then weirdly, it was kind of almost the same as Act 1 of Return you, of the Jedi. So we heist. start out, we start out, they're all in, no. Well, let me take you back a little. We start out, they're all in nowhere, and I thought it was a pretty yeah. good setup of showing what their lives are. Yeah. Peter's a drunk, everybody else is doing their thing, and then Adam Warlock comes in, and that's they have a big fight in no in nowhere. Um, even Craglin had to figure out how to use the arrows. Still, That's, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and he figures it out at the end. We get a little bit of uh, what, what's the guy's name? Um, Sean Gunn. No, 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 not Sean Gunn. The 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 guy who played Yandu. Um, oh, um, Michael Rocker. Michael Rocker. Yeah, we get it. We get a little brief cameo with him, which is nice, and. Uh, uh, so anyway, they defeat Adam Warlock, and, but Rocket's severely injured. So now they got to go find. They 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 put a med pack on him, but it doesn't work because the shit that's in him has yeah. a fail safe, and if you try to do anything around the fail safe, it will just kill him. So you got to put the code in for the fail safe before you can put the med pack on him. But the med pack's like instant healing or whatever. So they go into this. It was actually kind of cool. This place that is a uh, organic, bio, yeah, yeah, bio space station. It's like yeah, so, something kind of, that what's his name, David Cronenberg would create. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you know the 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 gel the the bio gel packs on Voyager. If the whole Voyager was made up of that shit, then yeah. you get an idea what we're talking about here. And they all work inside this company, and that's where you get some. Wonderful Nathan Fillion cameos, which is actually kind of cool. He's yeah. got 
He's got he's got this guy that he just can't stand. <laughs> he's, he's he's everything right. he says, just I just want to murder like, him. Yeah, I just want to murder everything he says. I just want to rip his head off. <laughs> and then when like when he's talking to um, the, the 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 gold lady, and she's oh says, Alicia, hey, yeah. Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like, and she's looking back at Warlock, going, "Oh, he's such an idiot." He goes, "Idiot? Yeah, I understand totally. I got one of those myself." I got one as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fillion was fun. I liked him. Yeah. Um, but it's they break in. It's always great scene for them. But yeah. Yeah, they break in. They do. They screw things up. Um, they have their moments. Some of it was in the trailer, but they they go to get this this. Thing that they think has rockets stuff in it, but it doesn't. So the whole heist thing turns out to be pretty much for naught. I think the only thing they figured out was that they found that that guy with the it's stone in that and yeah yeah the the fat Buddha guy uh, yeah. had, had had it put into his head, so they had to get that guy. And so that's when they find out about Counter Earth, and they go lay down there. Which looks just like Earth, except it's full of um, Cronenberg. It's full of. It's full of. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, no, it's gonna say it's full of. It's full of um, things from Sweet Tooth. Uh, <laughs> with, you know the new series on Netflix. Half half people, half alien. Yeah, I or think half it's animal. Like, I should say half animal. I think it's like the high evolutionary takes like a, a just a regular old turtle and he gooses up his evolution by a million years and then now he's like in a, a few seconds yeah in a few seconds and he's done this with all these different animals and he, he says I'm going to send him to this perfect earth and then he gets to the perfect earth it's basically just like regular earth where people are beating the shit out of each other for met deals <laughs> yeah. and things like that and that's why he destroys it because it isn't perfect and so he ends up just like there is a nice suburb and there is you know people getting along it's just it's basically like Earth, you know. It's, yeah. it's just people just we, doing their thing. Just they don't speak the language, but and then he's like, "Well, it's so good." He, he destroys the entire planet. I'm like, and nobody. It, it would bother me. I think nobody seemed to really care that much. Uh, do you know what Chato said on his channel that if you'd started with that, that would have been like obviously quite an epic opening of all these people dying and everything else and it would also give you good reason for why the high evolutionary was doing what he was doing that he was after yeah. rocket and again, but we already kind of know a lot of that already through some of the flashbacks we already know he's a big asshole we, we know that he, he was no, way you know, too arch by the way he was way too arch <laughs> i, I I think he. What I liked about him was, I think the the actor whose name I forget now, but he is very Thesperian and very Shakespeare, and and I loved the way he was like that. And I didn't kind of understand his suit because obviously that suit gives him powers. Because I was thinking he was very much kind of like Kang, because in that respect, sort of thing. Um, and again, he, I thought he was a good, like I say, a good villain um, for the piece, a set piece. But I don't know. I, he, no, I guess when Rocket so so during the flashbacks Rocket makes friends with these other animals that have been horribly yeah. transformed and when he realizes that they're just gonna they're not gonna send him to counter earth they're just gonna kill him dissect him whatever because Rocket has the ability to be inventive, spontaneously inventive, mm. which kind of explains how he's always able to make all this shit in the other yeah. films. 
he's always just saying make... just I was going to say not to spoil too much, but I mean, he kind of makes his own key card to get out of his own lock and right. everybody, you know. So, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's he's creative and ingenious. Yeah. And at that point, the evolutionary kills the little otter Lila that he was, I wouldn't say love, you know, it wasn't like that, but it was like a little family, you know. Yeah. And it was, uh, that was horrible. That, that was, was horrible. horrible. <laughs> and I mean, like, well done on making him a moat. The way he did, you know, it's a raccoon, and I'm like feeling yeah. for him. And uh, I'm not and he crying, tears up. Got something in my eye. Yeah, <laughs> and he tears up the high. He jumps on the high evolutionary. This is before high evolutionary had these weird powers yeah. or whatever. And he um, tears the shit out of his face. Now we don't see it until later. We don't realize that 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 was a permanent. And it was, it was horrifying Again, <laughs> when you yeah. actually see what actually, because he wears this mask. We don't know it's a mask. We think he's just like RoboCop with the skin. Yeah, because it looks like, yeah, it's kind of yeah, pulled on. Yeah. <laughs> Which they make the RoboCop reference. Of course they do. But uh, it turns out it's just a mask. So when they pull it off and you see the remnants of his face, it's like, oh, that's oh, that right. rough. <laughs> Wow. Rocket, Rocket really did not like that guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, mean, I didn't feel sorry for her, but it was like, no, ah, no. that was unexpected. Um, hmm. Of course, you don't see that till the end. But the point is, is that that's how he gets away. He gets on a ship and he, you know, and then they cure him. By that time, you're well past, you know, the, the counter earth has exploded. There, There's a bunch of stupid misunderstandings where... Nebula and uh, Mantis and Drax end up on the bad guy's ship but to rescue Peter, but Peter and Groot have already rescued themselves, so now it's like, oh, now we gotta go rescue them, and then we gotta go rescue the kids, and so they bring Nowhere, which I thought this was weird, it's like, oh, Nowhere's a spaceship now, I guess. Yeah. Just like the Death Star. <laughs> and fly, it comes fly to around space. Yeah. So I it did, comes to fight think, the other ship. and I was going to say, like, at one moment, I wanted nowhere to turn up over a planet going, show me what you got. Because <laughs> 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 it, it was a bit sort of, mm, right, okay. <laughs> show me what you got. That would have been good. <laughs> that would have been good. Um, I, I, I just, I wanted to like this movie more than I did. And weirdly, weirdly, then, if that's the case, just to counterpoint that, I wasn't that bothered about seeing it. And I was, on that Wednesday, I was kind of, ah, I can wait this on streaming. And I thought, no, go on, there's a pub down the road, have lunch there and go and see it. And so I wasn't mash, I wasn't looking forward to it, to be honest. I was kind of like, ah, you know, I can wait. Maybe because I went in with that attitude, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, like I say, it's far from perfect, and there are there are you know there are certainly things that are wrong with it, but I did think it was a perfect then set of the trilogy, unlike for example Ant Man, which had two perfectly good movies, and then the third one just absolutely you know went completely nuts and went completely endgame, which completely to me really ruined things. This was, you know, you had Guardians 1, Guardians 2, Guardians 3. It's now just a great trilogy that you could sit down and watch all three of them and have fun with all three of them. It's the way I yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess some things worked really well and some things were a swing and a miss, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of look at it a little bit like Return of the Jedi. Like, 
Return of the Jedi isn't quite where Star Wars and Empire are, but it still mm. has really great moments. It's some things that you question, and th- you know, and I feel like that a little bit like that about this. It's it's that's that's exactly what I said, Link. That it it is a good movie. It finished the trilogy off well. However, something that really did annoy me <laughs> was. There is a couple of scenes after the end credits. Obviously, it's a Marvel film, and I stayed for the last credits. I kept seeing people getting too. up and walking. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, people getting up and walking out and thinking, "Noobs." Um, <laughs> but right at the end, there's a scene. I'm not going to say what it was, but there's a scene right at the very end of the film, and after that, it's a flashcard comes up that says, "The legendary uh, Star Lord will return," and it was just kind of. Why? Why did you do that? You should just leave it as a trilogy. But we know it's Disney and it's Marvel, and they can't stop producing this content. And so, well, it might it might be Avengers Phase, uh, Avengers Four, and Avengers Five. Who knows? It may not be. But it was it was to me that was just. It won't be James Gunn. He's done. He's not doing nothing with them anymore. So, I Um, I would guess that they're just going to show up in some Avengers movies or something. I don't think it's. But I did think to myself, just don't do that. You know, Indiana Jones was a perfect trilogy, and then you had to go and make Crystal Skull. You know, and and just no. So that that kind of annoyed me. But overall, I I was entertained by the whole thing. I shed a tear or two um, because I had something in my eye. But no. It, it it was good. Like I say, it finished the trilogy off well. When when it comes out on streaming, I'd happily sit down and watch Guardians, Guardians Two, and then Guardians Three as a trilogy again. Yeah, I just whatever whatever magic sauce that they put on the other two was just not quite there for this one. And I don't know how else to explain. It. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna say, well, it, 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 other than Spider Man, uh, No Way Home, it's the best post endgame movie I'd say yeah Easily. absolutely Easily. Or, or you'll put it at the second best maybe um, yeah, like there I hasn't say, been anything got... even close oh yeah uh, I mean when you think of I mean I, I kept thinking back to like the Eternals which was just ridiculous Legend of the Ten Rings of Shang-Chi whatever was kind of it was alright but I've never returned to it Black Widow was terrible and you know a few of these other movies and stuff nothing like I say, there's nothing that's come out that I thought to myself, I can't wait to see that again. Even Quantumania, because, you know, Quantumania I see is coming on streaming, and I just think, eh. You know, I watched that once, and it was it was stupid. I'm not going to watch it again. Guardians, I'm quite looking forward to seeing it again a second time. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's... It's a movie. It was it was a B. <laughs> it was a B, B plus, I guess. Fair enough. I, I, I mean, it's not like... Yeah, it, these are the hardest ones to grade because it's like you want it to be better than what it is, but you can't really say it was terrible or anything either. It wasn't. It's, do you know what? I've always found that quite weird, that Age of Ultron, a lot of people dumped on Age of Ultron because I think the Avengers, the you know, the Avengers Assemble was such a great movie and they, uh, you know, Joss Whedon nailed it. Nailed it. And so when you then had another set of movies that went off and then we brought the Avengers back for Age of Ultron, a lot of people kind of expected it to be even better than the Avengers. And I think the Avengers and Ultron are very much on the same level pegging, but people were expecting more out of it. And it's it's kind of underrated. And like I say, I think people uh, dumped I on it a so. bit. And 
I think Age of Ultron laid down a lot of groundwork for what was to come later. It certainly laid like, some of the, the groundwork for Civil War uh, and not just the uh, Sokovia Accords. I mean, I'm talking about yeah. Stark and, and Cap's yeah, relationship. And Captain, yeah. Things like that. It's, it's, it's a really uh, solid movie. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Age of Ultron is one that got better because of what came after it. And mm, I always yeah, liked yeah. it. I always thought it was fine, but it's one that I've gone back to and found things. It's like, oh, yeah, then this came. Yeah, well, yeah. Cool. A lot of Easter eggs. I've actually kind of, I've kind of, I don't want to say soured. I still like the movie, but I just, I, I feel like the first Avengers is, is actually somewhat becoming the redheaded stepchild. It feels a little too, I don't explain it. It's, it's, it was their first one, right? Like there's yeah. some tone stuff and some story stuff and some some things that they were doing with Age of Ultron and and really starting with the Winter Soldier. I think once the Russos got in there, they they added some sort of yeah. spice to the the movies. Even though Whedon did Age of Ultron, I think there was something that got they, added in there that continued yeah. on through Civil War and then the Infinity War and Endgame that. The first Avengers doesn't quite have it. Feels a little, I guess, first movie ish. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. I, I, I remember. I like it. I don't. Want, I don't want to say it's terrible or anything. I'm not trying to say no, that. No. It's just it has like the beginning is not good, and then after that it, it gets much better. But it's. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't quite have the, whatever it is the rest of the movies have. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. It. Um, like he said yes. Yeah, so there. So like he said, I stayed for the end credits. It's nineteen seventy. What are you still in the same cinema? <laughs> I, I appreciate all the. <laughs> that's a long, that's a long ass movie. The camera. Jesus. <laughs> um, I own all the originals. No bootlegs. Modern end credits are amusing. That is the problem with modern end credits. Is um, I put together a list once and it had on one side um, it was like Jason the Argonauts special effects done by Ray Harryhausen Marvel Endgame special effects done by <laughs> like a little list of like a thousand names pretty much and like, they have got out of hand and it is ridiculous but no I, I'm the same I would always stay I, I sometimes like going through the end credits and as it's randomly going along you'll sort of say Hey, Dean Smith, Focus Puller, you did a good job, mate. Well done. <laughs> just randomly pick a name and just sort of say, well, well done on that key grip. I think you did an excellent job there. <laughs> you know, just, right. to sort of, just to show them a bit of appreciation. You know? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey let's, let's give a shout out to that caterer. Well done. Exactly. Yeah, that's my thoughts on, on Guardians. I, I think it was... I, I'm not going to say you're going to regret seeing it or anything like that. I just think if you're going in there expecting just this, because the first one was kind of a revelation. It was something that we had never really seen before. The second yeah. one, I think, you know, was kind of like it's Empire Strikes Back, where it really amped up the emotion and all that kind of stuff and did a great job with it. And then the third one is kind of like Return of Jedi. It's like, ah, it's good. It's not quite what I hoped, but not yeah, a little too long. Yeah, okay. Fine. There's, there's a review it. of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You all Okey hate yourself. 
Should be on the poster. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You won't hate you yourself. You won't hate yourself. Drunken Yoda. <laughs> last movie I've <ever. laughs> Okie dokie, mate. Would you like to please uh, wrap up the show for us then? Oh, do we have to? Totally. Oh, shit. It's 2 o'clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> we actually did two hours. I didn't eat anything today, so I am extremely hungry. All right. Well, let's get you out of here then. Welcome back to lastmovieoutpost.com, which is working again. Thank you very much. You can reach us on Twitter at, at movieoutpost. He's at, he is at Obafil. I'm at Drunken Yoda One, at Matt Eggy Wags. Unfortunately, he's too drunk to join us today. <laughs> you can reach us on Facebook at slash move, move, last movie outpost and Instagram at, at last movie outpost. Phil, do you have anything else to say? I have. Finally recorded. Because I actually got it finished. Hang on, where is it? There we go. I actually got finished and recorded my Biggles script as an overlooked. So I've started editing that. I, and I'm not saying I had a really boring day at work today because there was nobody in, but I actually wrote about three quarters of another script, which I'm going to start on. Nice. If, any, if anybody came upstairs, it was immediately. Oh, yeah, no, I was just checking some details or some stuff coming through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Right. Well, that wouldn't give for a boring day. Uh, um, but, yeah, so Biggles is on its way. All right. Well, I might give Dungeons & Dragons a try. It was, it, was, it was entertaining. It's like Guardians. It was entertaining. It's yeah. not a masterpiece. There are crappy moments, but overall, I enjoyed it. I, 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 would, I would watch it again. All right, I will give it a try. So, I think that's uh, that's good for one day. Good two hours. So, and thank you to Setlink for joining us, and also thank you for that little tip. It's most appreciated. Yes, it is, and I hope I uh, hope your your time gets better for you. So yes, indeed. Until then, thank you very much for watching, and we will see you on the next stream.